Thank you. Good morning, everybody. We've survived. We've survived the polar <laughs> vortex, yes. I read someplace that we are not just, you know, surviving it. It has attacked us. It's mm-hmm. not just made a visit. We have, we've been attacked and we have survived the, the polar vortex. So I feel good about that. So the Eastside Freedom Library, tell me what's all happening there. And for the audience members who have not listened in on the first uh, Saturday of the month, Give them a little overview about all the good things that you do at the Eastside Freedom Library. Well, I think the broad theme for the month is connecting to Black History Month and the idea of activist scholarship. So how do we produce new knowledge? Uh, How do we bring people together to tell their stories and listen to each other's stories? And this month, a real central theme for this work for us is the theme of home. Um, Many people who live on the east side of St. Paul have left other homes to come here. Uh, And they have invested a great deal of time, energy, and resources to create new homes for themselves. So we've had the wonderful opportunity to work with a number of organizations and communities. And today on the show, we want to talk particularly about our work with the St. Paul Chamber Orchestra and our work with the Twin Cities Japanese American Citizens League on the ways that people have both left home, recreated home, and have found ways to use art to talk about what home means to them, giving us the opportunity to reflect on what home means to us and what kind of home we would really like to live in. You know, art allows us to create a sense of home, too. You know, not only does it reflect it, it can be a way of challenging us to see in what ways are we alike, in what ways are we not, you know, in what ways do we want to create a sense of family. Mm-hmm. You know, I think yeah. of family of home. I also think of where I live is a, a broader community of home mm-hmm. and family. Mm-hmm. Um, and how does the us and them become an us Yeah, in, yeah. in, in a sense of home? And I think that we're still discovering uh, after five years at the Eastside Freedom Library that our neighborhood consists of many, many different people who have had complex experiences of being wrenched out of the homes that their families had lived in for generations, beginning with Dakota people uh, who lived for thousands of years where we live now, and then right up until our most recent neighbors from Burma and uh, Somalia and Ethiopia who are just beginning uh, to establish themselves. And we're convinced that if people can share those stories with each other, they can discover how to work together to build a home that all of us can be more fulfilled in. I also like how the Eastside Freedom Library helps us with our own self-awareness. It's telling our own mm-hmm. story and understanding our own story than to be able to understand someone else's story. And I think we have to do our work of figuring out who we are and be able to make healthy connections to others and having empathy or opening ourselves to reimagine uh, the world from different perspectives. Absolutely. And, and I think that too many of us were raised... Uh, simply to be white and not to think about the specificities of where our ancestors might have come from and what experience they had had, and about the complicated contradictions of both uh, having a family that had left somewhere else and yet came to a place where either they had access to land because Native Americans had been expropriated and pushed away, Uh, or farms in California that Japanese Americans had been, again, expropriated and and moved away. So that combination of expropriation and privilege, how do we understand um, who we are? And and how can we be responsible neighbors uh, for the people who live with us? As I have uh, shared and have been shared with me, you're either an immigrant, a refugee, or you're, you know, uh, indigenous. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, if you're but not you're indigenous, something specific. <laughs> yes, but you're something specific. Yes, but but that we can tend to move into this is mine, not mm-hmm. yours. Mm-hmm. This is, um, and we all need to grapple with mm-hmm. what is home and who are we and yeah. who are we creating as home. So wonderful. Uh, I'm looking forward to today's discussion. Would you like to introduce our guest today? Sure. Um, so I'm very happy today that joining us are Paul Finkelstein, who. Uh, is himself a, a tuba player and uh, and is the artistic planning manager for the St. Paul Chamber Orchestra. And I've gotten to know Paul through working on this project that he's going to talk about this morning. And Karen Tanaka-Lucas, who is with the Twin Cities Japanese American Citizens League. We're very honored at the Eastside Freedom Library that they recently chose to give us their library. And uh, you can actually search our website to find an annotated bibliography of the collections that were in the Twin Cities Japanese American Citizen League. And Karen works with the Education Committee there as well, and we're developing programming. There will be two examples of that in this coming month, uh, but we intend to continue to do more programming um, with our, with as our Dakota friends would say, with our relatives at the Twin Cities Japanese American Citizens League. I love that your library keeps growing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those, well, it just, I, every, it seems like yeah. every time I see it, well, we got this new collection. We yes. had this just donated. Yeah. So it, it, it becomes a place that um, everyone can celebrate and donate and mm-hmm. uh, really good uh, good pieces to enrich our, our sense of knowing each other. Right. And, and I mean, sharing this, our work. This past month in January, because we were gifted a first edition of Langston Hughes's The First Story of Jazz, which was published in 1955, that it inspired us to pull a bunch of books and to create a display of books about the history of African-American and black diasporic music and how that related to musical concerts that we were having. So, and, and honestly- one book... And and on the theme of music, mm-hmm. let's hear from uh, Paul. Tell us yeah. about this uh, wonderful work that you're doing with the SPCO, the St. Paul Chamber Orchestra. Sure. Thank you so much, Laurie and Peter, for having me here today um, and uh, for letting us talk a little bit about some of the exciting stuff going on in February. Um, in particular, the, the way we came to... The Eastside Freedom Library was through uh, a new festival that uh, the St. Paul Chamber Orchestra has been working on. It's called Tapestry. Um, now, the idea of uh, behind this Tapestry Festival, which we hope will be um, a biennial festival that will happen every two years, um, is to explore um, an, an important issue facing our community. Um, and one that we hope we can engage um, our community members in discussing, um, and particularly through the lens of, of music, um, and by uh, working with a group of um, diverse composers, both local, national, international, um, uh, internationally known, um, on this theme. Um, and so, uh, in February, um, starting uh, February 11th and running through February 24th, uh, the SPCO has a series of events, um, mostly that are concert-based, um, that will be exploring the theme for this year's festival, which is home, um, and and how we recognize home in particular um, in the 21st century, um, which happen to align really well with what the Eastside Freedom Library has been working on um, and uh, and some of the other broader themes that they work on as an organization. And this will also culminate at a program at the Ordway? Correct. Um, there's actually uh, two primary um, concert programs um, that will happen over the course of two weekends. The first is over the weekend of uh, February 15 through 17, um, and that involves two concerts at the Ordway and one at um, at uh, Bethel University. And then the second weekend of concerts is February 22nd to 24th, and all three of those concerts will be at the Ordway. Um, and the concerts that are happening at the Ordway um, on uh, the 22nd through the 24th is where we'll be premiering um, uh, a brand new work by our composer in residence, Lembit Beecher, called Say Home. And Say Home um, 
involved collaborating with uh, partners all around the Twin Cities to collect interviews um, on this topic of home and uh, what home means to us uh, and uh, how that may have changed throughout our lives, if it's a static definition, if it's something that grows over time. And um, we interviewed folks um, at uh, the American Swedish Institute at Wellstone International High School in, um, in Minneapolis, which is a high school for um, primarily uh, consists of English language learners um, who are uh, recent immigrants to the United States. Um, we interviewed folks in the uh, Millax Band Urban Office oh, um, in Minneapolis. Um, and uh, one of the other um, big partnerships we had was with the Eastside Freedom Library, where we interviewed about a dozen folks for this project. And in our next segment, I want to find out more about what some of those conversations were all about. Uh, for more information, also on the Eastside Freedom Library, see all the terrific dates coming up, you can go to the eastsidefreedomlibrary.org. Also want to put a pitch in for Brunson's Pub. Talk about home. That celebrates home of the East Side. And we, we love Brunson, Brunson's Pub. They are a sponsor of our show. And we want to do a great big shout out and encourage you all to take a look. Go in and have a beer and, and a, a, a brat. They've got great food, which also celebrates the East Side cuisine, too. Uh, and, and while you're at looking at all these things on the website, check us out, too, at ConnectionsRadioMN.com or go to Facebook and give us a like. We'll be right back after a few announcements, and then we'll hear more about the conversations on home. You're listening to AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. While I'm pregnant, I can keep our baby safe by not drinking, smoking, or using drugs. But how are we going to keep her safe after she's born? When I grow up, I look forward to dancing in powwows, going to college, and being successful. But I don't want to be one out of three American Indian women to be raped or sexually assaulted in her lifetime. As relatives and friends of Native women, it is our responsibility to stand up and speak out for every woman's right to be safe in her home and the community. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Located just north of 50th in France, the Great Wall Restaurant has provided a delicious taste of authentic Chinese cuisine since 1981. Specializing in Sichuan and Peking dishes, they offer one of the most extensive menus in the Twin Cities. Favorites include hot and sour soup, pan-fried dumplings, and mushu pork with homemade Chinese pancakes. Stop by their Edina location or call for takeout at 952-927-4439. See the full menu at greatwallrestaurant.us. Fearless Five Noir. Five original short plays by five different writers and five directors all on the same topic. Noir. Follow these clues. St. Paul. Fridays and Saturdays, February 8th through the 23rd at 7.30 p.m. Tickets 10 bucks if you gumshoe to the website and order at fearlesscomedyproductions.com or a deal at 15 bucks at the door. Fearless Five Noir on February 8th through the 23rd at 7.30 p.m. at the Mounds Theater. Presented by Fearless Comedy Productions. Hi, this is Paul Metza inviting you to listen to a great new episode on the Wall of Power Radio Hour this weekend. We feature great rock and roller, Iron Ranger, and composer, band leader, and cool cat Rich Manson with his new record by Rich Manson and the North Stars called Totem. We talk about the Iron Range, South Minneapolis, and the rock and roll scene in the mid-80s, and where Rich is going from here. Saturday at 6 p.m., Sunday at 4 p.m. on AM 950. Native Ritz Radio is proud to announce we've added an extra hour. Yeah, Chuske, one hour goes by too fast. That's right, Uncle Curtis. I'll have extra time to share important information about our secret animals. And report national and native news from all over the country and Canada. This new hour is sponsored by Robbins Kaplan, LLP, rewriting the odds for their clients for over 80 years. We are awake. Brighten your winter with an optimistic tribute to the invincible human spirit. Girl Friday Productions presents Thornton Wilder's Pulitzer Prize-winning classic, The Skin of Our Teeth. The Skin of Our Teeth plays February 7th through March 3rd. 
Fresh, unexpected, and very funny, this tale is surprisingly relevant for today. Follow the trials of an eternal American family residing in prehistoric and contemporary New Jersey. They survive the Ice Age, the Great Flood, World War, and family strife, all with their hope intact. Joel Sass directs this large cast production on stage at Park Square Theatre. The Skin of Our Teeth previews begin February 7th with opening night February 9th. Don't miss The Skin of Our Teeth, a comedy of epic proportions. Oh, did we mention the dinosaur? Visit parksquaretheater.org for tickets. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show. We're glad you joined the conversation today and are making the connection. I'm Laurie Fitz, your host. And this week is the first week of the month, so that means it's the Eastside Freedom Library Show. And I have Peter Ratcliffe, who is the co-executive director and who is the grand poobah of the Eastside Event Management, along with his lovely co-executive director, who is also my co-host today. Welcome, Peter. Thank you, Lori, and hi to everybody out there. And Peter, we've been talking about home. Yes, um, and talking about how diverse people use diverse arts as a way to reflect on home and share their stories on home. And we've been very fortunate to be in a relationship with the St. Paul Chamber Orchestra and their project, Tapestry, um, and the very specific project of the composition Say Home uh, by the child of... Uh, Estonian immigrants, Lembit Beecher, um, who has done a remarkable job of interviewing more than 50 Twin Cityans, including about a dozen at the Eastside Freedom Library, people from very different backgrounds, um, including myself, uh, about what home has meant to us. And we're all, I think, dying to hear how that gets incorporated into a new piece of music. So here to tell us about that is Paul Finkelstein, um, who's been a, the key person in this St. Paul Chamber Orchestra project. And you are the artistic planning manager, I understand. Correct. So in your planning, you've had conversations. Yes, we've had, we've had <laughs> lots of conversations, um, both broadly in connection to this festival, but of course, specifically for this uh, really fascinating piece of music that'll premiere February 22nd to 24th. Um, I, I actually, in the last few days, have been listening back mm-hmm. to many of these interviews, and um, just just so the, the our, our listening audience has some frame of reference, these 50 interviews made up about 27 hours. Wow. Um, of of audio um, mm-hmm. that we collected, and Lembit's challenge as as the composer of this piece was to take those 27 hours of interviews and whittle it down into 35 minutes of orchestral music. And you might be wondering, how exactly do you work in um, these audio interviews into a piece of orchestral music? Um, and Lembit actually has a really um, amazing. Um, background as a composer in terms of uh, writing pieces of a documentary nature, um, works where he's um, interviewed um, uh, his grandmother, um, in particular talking about his Estonian heritage, um, and then weaving it that, uh, that the recorded material into an acoustic orchestral or chamber music texture. Um, it's a very, very difficult technique to accomplish because, of course, when, as a listener, when we hear people speaking, our desire is to understand every last word that's being <laughs> said. Um, and the challenge that Lembit has with this piece is to is to both uh, find meaning in the words that people are, 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 are saying about home and to draw th- themes and connections or or even uh, disagreements between the things that people said during these interviews, but also to draw meaning out of the music, um, but without also misappropriating people's words in the process. Um, so this is a very difficult task for him to do. Um, now, did he compose the music after the interviews or was the music with him and then he has found a marriage uh, between the music that he created with the words that that's, he... That's a really great question. He wrote everything 
after mm. hearing all the interviews. Mm. Um, he did not want to superimpose his own um, opinions about about what home meant to him. He really wanted it to be a reflection of these 50 interviews and, and to see what the community here in the Twin Cities, what people said who are um, who are at different stages in their lives in the Twin Cities, folks who have been here, um, who just... I, I mean, I think the the most recent immigrant we interviewed had lived in 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 Minnesota for 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 like three weeks or a month. Oh my goodness! And then and then of course stretching to folks who've been here for one generation, two generations, and of course here in the Twin Cities we also have you know people who feel strongly about um, the the Scandinavian roots of the Twin Cities, and then of course we also got to interview folks of uh, from uh, Ojibwe backgrounds who been here for hundreds of generations, um, uh, well surpassing, um, uh, you know, most of us. Um, Mm -hmm. So getting to hear so many different diverse perspectives on home is 100% what informed how he would write the music at the end. So, you know, one thing to think of is it's going to be great to hear the music itself, knowing this about how it was created. Secondly, Paul has just informed us that there will be podcasts on the SPCO website in which some of the more extended raw interview material will be available for people to listen to. And the Eastside Freedom Library and SPCO are collaborating on two events in this month of February that will both introduce people to this material and give them an opportunity to engage with it and bring their own experiences to bear. So, Paul, do you want to say a bit about these two events that we have coming up at the library? Sure, yeah. The first event is going to be on February 17th, which I believe is a Sunday evening Mm -hmm. um, at 7 p.m., and that's going to be a a panel discussion um, diving deeper into um, the process of writing Lembit's piece, Say Home. Um, and it's a really rich panel uh, consisting not only of Lembit, but also two, two other partners who I wanted to, to give a shout out to. Um, the first, um, both, both are actually professors at, at the University of St. Thomas, but the first um, is uh, Professor uh, Chris Santiago, um, who's a poet um, of, of Filipino descent. And um, we commissioned Chris to write poetry. Um, and that's it was kind of the second part of this piece, Say Home, was that we wanted to ask um, each of the interviewees uh, for Lembit's piece to read this poem um, that Chris wrote. That's a really um, amazing uh, 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 poem that touches on many of the definitions that we ended up learning about from from all of our interviewees, whether home has to do with people or home has to do with land or place or movement or migration. Um, Chris hit on so many of these themes in this poem, and it kind of served as an icebreaker during um, our interview process. Um, And so that poem and the reading of the poem is worked into um, Lembit's piece and multiple multiple, uh, segments of it. Um, So we'll have Chris on the panel as well. Um, And then um, the uh, the the moderator for the panel will be um, Professor Todd Lawrence, who's also on the board at the Eastside Freedom Library. Now, Todd um, is a works as an, uh, as an ethnographer um, through his research. And so Todd was kind of the, the point person who helped us um, uh, develop the, the script that we would use for our interviews. Um, and so uh, Todd is going to be leading this, um, this, this panel discussion with Chris and Lembit, as well as a group of about four of the interviewees from the Eastside Freedom Library. Um, and will the poem be read? Yes. Good. Um, yes, Chris will be reading the poem that <laughs> Wonderful. evening. Yeah. So that's on Sunday night, the 17th. And then uh, the, in the middle of the week on the 19th, we'll have a second event, um, which we should talk about after the break. Yes, okay. the next segment. Well, so we're going to leave a little cliffhanger Great. for folks. Great. So stay tuned. you got to hear what's going to happen at the ni- on the 19th. Or you can sneak a peek by going to the eastsidefreedomlibrary.org and go to the calendar for February. Also want to put a plug in while you're down at the Eastside Freedom Library, go to Brunson's Pub. Wonderful place. Brunson'spub.com. A great place to eat. A great place to bring your friends and family. And of course... Check us out on our website as well, and it's ConnectionsRadioMN.com. 
It was a day like any other when she walked into my office and told me about Fearless Five Noir. A collection of five original short plays by five different writers and five directors, all on the same topic, noir. It just sounded so crazy that it was a hard pill to swallow, even for a hard-boiled detective like me. But I wasn't going to let that stop me. I knew exactly where I could find them, too. They'd be at the Mounds Theater at 1029 Hudson Road in St. Paul. They'd be there Fridays and Saturdays, February 8th through the 23rd at 7.30 p.m. Tickets would be 10 bucks if I planned ahead and ordered them online, or 15 bucks at the door. She told me that I could always find more information at fearlesscomedyproductions.com. I took the job, but are you up for helping me with this case? I guess we'll find out at Fearless 5 Noir on February 8th through the 23rd at 7.30 p.m. at the Mounds Theater. Presented by Fearless Comedy Productions. This is New Beginnings, hosted by award-winning broadcaster and speaker, Freddie Bell. Freddie, this generation of the baby boomers, people are living longer, so the baby boomers are taking care of elderly parents. Let's talk about your health, and specifically, let's talk about Medicare. Our show features the concerns of America's 78 million baby boomers in employment, finance, health and nutrition, and even entertainment. Catch New Beginnings with Freddie Bell, Saturdays at 11 on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. I'm Peter Rackliff from the Eastside Freedom Library, and I'd like to tell you about an historic place on Payne Avenue, Brunson's Pub. Experience history and passion through the delicious menu, reflecting the East Side's diversity. The choices are limitless. Salads, sandwiches, burgers, and shareable plates. Visit Brunson's Pub at 956 Payne Avenue and grab a discounted gift card when you mention that you're an AM 950 listener or a supporter of the Eastside Freedom Library. Be sure to check out Brunson'sPub.com. The stage is set with a motionless tableau, the actors frozen in mid-action, their faces conjuring up an ancient freeze. At the snap of fingers, the spell is broken. The statues spring to life and Antigone begins. Park Square Theater presents Antigone on stage February 1st through March 3rd. A reimagined adaptation of this classic Greek drama explores civil disobedience, fidelity, and a family torn apart by pride. This electric production brings the action directly on stage with an all-female cast playing the roles. The battles between the laws of the gods and the laws of the people rages. Who is right when all are certain? What are you willing to die for? Be a part of this epic event at Park Square Theater in St. Paul. Tickets and more at parksquaretheater.org. That's parksquaretheater.org. With your AM 950 weather, I'm Hunter Haas. Saturday, mostly cloudy with a high near 38. Sunday, mostly cloudy with a high near 37. And Monday, snow with the temperature falling to 14. This week's EatLocalMinnesota.com Restaurant of the Week is Milda's Cafe. They're a family restaurant with home-cooked breakfast and lunch. Fresh omelets, hash browns, and cinnamon caramel rolls. Located at 1720 Glenwood Avenue in Minneapolis, just east of Penn. Find out more at EatLocalMinnesota.com. your host and we talk about ideas that matter and this month we're talking about the home and it's brought to us by the east side freedom library yes it's the first saturday of the month and we always enjoy having our partner the east side freedom library join us and peter ratcliffe who is the co-executive director of the east side freedom library is also the co-host today and i really enjoy being here too and the opportunity to reach out and let more people know about what's going on on the east side of st paul what I like is it, it it allows us to amplify what you're doing on the mm-hmm. east side. It allows us to share with so many more the good things that you're doing. I'm hoping that folks get inspired and, and are... on over. Yeah, yeah. 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 Learn yeah. about the east side right. and join right. the activities. There's art. There's political discussions. There's library to research. And uh, it's a fun place to go to. Yeah. Uh, but it also, if you don't make it, you've at least gotten a little taste of it through our radio show and when we do you do go down and i'm encouraging you at least to go down to some of the events take a look at the calendar see if there's something that sparks your interest when you do go to the brunson's pub it's a place where history and passion are part of every detail starting with the menu which is inspired by the neighborhood so when you experience the brunson's pub you're going to have a great time it's at 956 Payne avenue that you can also get a discounted gift card if you mention that you're an am 950 listener or 
or if you're a supporter of the Eastside Freedom Library. So give us a shout out and you'll get a discount on your your wonderful uh, uh, special discounted gift card. Great. <laughs> so where, where we left off at the end of the last segment, uh, Paul and I were just beginning to talk about this event uh, that brings the St. Paul Chamber Orchestra and the Eastside Freedom Library together on the 19th of February, uh, called Many Threads, Weaving a Path Home. Uh, it's a riff on the tapestry theme of this series that St. Paul Chamber Orchestra are doing. Um, and it's a chance to hear from artists in the community who are using different art forms to explore the meaning of home. So, Paul, do you want to say a little more about that? Yeah, that's right, Peter. Um, you know, one of the primary tenets of this festival that we were creating, Tapestry, was to engage local artists and our community members on this theme and to really give them literally a stage um, to, uh, to discuss this theme so that us, the lucky listeners or viewers of their artwork, could ponder more deeply on the theme of this festival, which, as we've mentioned in the last segment, is home and how we recognize it. So simply what we did was um, the SPCO and the Eastside Freedom Library, we put our heads together to, to curate um, a group of performers and artists to respond to the theme of this festival. Um, and those are, those are the different threads that, we're, that we'll be weaving that evening. So we have a group of, of a few SPCO musicians uh, who will be performing works that evening uh, that for them represent um, either home or, or even their musical home. And then um, we have a group of about um, six performers from around the Twin Cities, a really amazing group that includes poets, spoken word artists, photographers, um, and musicians as well um, to speak to this theme. Right. Yeah, so that's Tuesday night, the 19th of February at 7 uh, at the Eastside Freedom Library, so please get this on your calendars. Um, I want to mention one of those artists uh, is a young Amharic Ethiopian woman, Yodit Mercuria, uh, who came to us with a group of Ethiopians that were hosting uh, called Rhythmic Literature on the first Saturday of every other month. We will next be with them on the first Saturday in March. And uh, Yodit came to the last program and read a poem that she had written called Rethinking Home. Um, and the poem was in Amharic. We're hoping to have an English translation to go along with it. Uh, but we're very excited for her to be part of the program. And um, one of the artists who will be there is John Matsunaga, uh, who is a brilliant Japanese-American photographer and an activist with the Twin Cities Japanese-American Citizens League and uh, someone who's teaching in Asian-American studies at the University of Minnesota. And so today, we're fortunate to also have with us in the studio uh, Karen Tanaka-Lucas, who is on the board of the Twin Cities Japanese-American Citizens League and part of their education committee. And Karen is here to tell us a bit about both uh, their involvement with this event on the 19th and then an event, a standalone event that we're doing with them on Saturday night, the 23rd, around the concept of the Day of Remembrance. So good morning, Karen. Good morning, and uh, thank you, uh, Lori and Peter, for having me here today. Absolutely. Tell me a little bit more about the Japanese Citizen League. Uh, the Japanese American Citizens League is the oldest and largest Asian American organization uh, for civil rights in the United States, and it was founded in 1929. The Twin Cities chapter, which is what we are part of, was founded in 1946 uh, and is one of over 100 chapters across the country. Um, the mission of the JACL uh, is to secure and maintain the civil rights of Japanese Americans and all others who are victimized by injustice and bigotry and hate crimes. So this includes partnering with our Asian American neighbors or with our Muslim American neighbors who are experiencing uh, ethnic and religious targeting in our uh, current political climate. You have uh, your your community, your cultures experience that in our country. We've, yes, we have. Um, 
we have many uh, scars yes. uh, to, that need to be not forgotten, but healed and then reached out to others. So the Day of Remembrance, this is a powerful time. Tell us about that. Yes, February 19th, 1942, uh, was the day that President Roosevelt signed an executive order which put into effect the forced removal and incarceration of all Japanese Americans on the West Coast. Uh, they were sent to incarceration camps scattered in desolate, remote regions of the country. The majority of these 120,000 people, uh, two-thirds, were American citizens. No Japanese American was ever charged, much, much less convicted, of espionage or sabotage against the United States, which was uh, the concern and justification for the incarceration. They were imprisoned without charges and without trials for over three and a half years on the basis of ethnicity. And um, uh, every February, the Japanese American community commemorates Executive Order 9066 as a reminder of the impact uh, the incarceration experience has had on our families, our community, and our country. It's uh, an opportunity to educate others on the fragility of civil rights in times of crisis and the importance of remaining vigilant in protecting the rights and freedoms of all. When people are afraid... Terrible things can happen if we don't have a cooler head. Even in our conversation before the radio show started, you know, oh yes, internment camps, and you help me understand that that's a language that needs to change too. Right. You know, the euphemism used at that time was that the Japanese were evacuated. Mm -hmm. uh, and It has uh, a nice protective sense right, to it. Right, yeah. and they're put in internment, and this was for uh, their own protection. Mm -hmm. uh, when in reality, this was a forced evacuation at gunpoint. Oftentimes with uh, a day or two, or m maybe if you're lucky, a week of notice to dispose of all your uh, personal property and your, your businesses. Uh, and uh, and they were incarcerated behind barbed wire with uh, guns pointed inwards, not outwards. Uh, uh, so, the, you know, the euphemisms uh, really uh, belie the reality. Did you have family? Do you have a personal experience with um, that horrific time? Uh, yes, to me, this is all um, very personal because both my mother and father's families were incarcerated. Uh, they were farm families. Um, my um, mother's uh, father lost his farm. Um, my father's father was renting, but he lost uh, all of his farm implements, the tractors, the horses, mm -hmm. the, the trucks, the plows, etc. Uh, and uh, they were all forcibly um, incarcerated in a camp called Poston. And where was this? And this was... Um, uh, in the middle of the Sonoran Desert, yeah. on an Indian reservation uh, in the border between California and Arizona. Um, and my father was not part of this incarceration because he was a U.S. military soldier. My father had been drafted six months before Pearl Harbor, just as my mother's uh, older brother had been drafted six months before Pearl Harbor, and they were both serving in the U.S. military while their families were incarcerated. That must have felt just crazy. It was. It, you know, the injustice was, um, you know, it was hard to imagine. Uh, my, mo my mother ended up having a second brother who volunteered uh, during this time. Uh, and while, while he saw his family yes. being put behind bars, essentially, he right. went to serve his right. country. Both my um, mother's uh, two brothers served in the European Front uh, in Germany and Italy uh, in infantry in combat. Uh, and uh, my father um, uh, eventually um, uh, was trained at Fort Snelling here in uh, the cities to become a um, military intelligence uh, linguist, and he served in the South Pacific. So there's a pride in being able to serve our country, and yet at the same time there's a healing uh, that needs to be made and a vigilance to not have this happen again. And yes. When you said it was a camp, it reminded me of uh, our, <laughs> you know, southern border and the children that we were told, well, they're just going to something like a camp. It doesn't look like a camp down there. 
Yeah. Well, and I think one of the things that has impressed us at the Eastside Freedom Library has been the energy and commitment of the Twin Cities Japanese American Citizens League to reach out to Muslim Americans of different ethnic backgrounds and to say, as Jews have said, never again. Right. And that what happened to Japanese Americans should never again happen to anyone in the United States or anyone really in, in the world. But if we don't know the history, we risk repeating it be, be, because we don't know what was done before. And in the work that I've done teaching adult immigrants, the version of American history that they've typically been exposed to, slavery itself is edited out of that story, and certainly the incarceration of Japanese Americans during World War II is also edited out of that story. So it's it's not that we want to We just to neglect drag, to share right, that piece. Right. <laughs> and and that's to our own detriment if we don't know that history. So the twenty third, what's happening that day? On the um twenty February twenty third, um we um will be presenting a program It'll be called Day of Remembrance uh, because this is a day that we'll, the Twin Cities chapter will honor uh, and commemorate uh, uh, this event. Uh, and we'll be screening a, um, a DVD uh, called Dave Tatsuno Movies and Memories. Uh, this, um, during the incarceration, um, Japanese Americans were not allowed to have radios, they were not allowed to have cameras, and anything that could be construed as a weapon, including a baseball bat. Wow. Uh, and um, uh, Dave Tatsuna was a, success, a successful uh, UC Berkeley College-educated, uh, su successful businessman from uh, San Francisco, and he was able to uh, subtly, secretly, uh, shoot rare footage of life in Topaz, which is one of these um, incarceration camps in Utah. Um, and this camp held about 8,000 people. Uh, the significance of this, um, this documentary is that it contains uh, quite a bit of footage from his original movie uh, called Topaz. And uh, Topaz is part of the National Film Registry, Registry in the Library of Congress collection and one of only two home movies to be included in the registry, mm -hmm. the first of which was the Bruder's film on the assassination of JFK. I'll um, tell you what. We're going to save a little bit more for our next segment. I'm going to leave another cliffhanger here, uh, and we'll hear more about what's going to take place that night. And Peter will also be sharing about uh, that remembrance and sharing, and so that we can we don't edit that part out. That's right. You're listening to Connections Radio Show here on AM 950, the Progressive Voice of Minnesota. Stay with us for our last segment coming up in just a moment. Being a true American means more than just baseball, blue jeans, and rock and roll. Being an American also means taking responsibility. So if you're a man turning 18, do your part. Register with Selective Service. It keeps you eligible for college loans, government jobs, and job training. Plus, it's the law. To register, log on to www.sss.gov or pick up a Selective Service registration card at any post office. Be a man and register. We are given the gift of intuition on how to care for ourselves and our families, but too often we forsake that knowledge for the voice of authority. Green Tea Conversations is a radio show for people like you who are on a journey to take responsibility for their health and who want to play a more active role in their family's well-being. I'm your host, Candy Brothel, publisher of the Twin Cities edition of Natural Awakenings magazine, and I'm excited to bring Green Tea Conversations into your home. Join me every Sunday at 10 a.m. as I interview local experts straight from the pages of Natural Awakenings who will share progressive ideas in the latest natural approaches in nutrition, fitness, creative expression, personal growth, and sustainable living in a fun and informative way. Podcasts of the show are available anytime at naturaltwincities.com, am950radio.com, on iTunes, or anywhere you get your podcasts. So grab a cup of tea and join the conversations on Sundays at 10 a.m. as we awaken to natural health. 
It was a day like any other when she walked into my office and told me about Fearless Five Noir. A collection of five original short plays by five different writers and five directors, all on the same topic, noir. It just sounded so crazy that it was a hard pill to swallow, even for a hard-boiled detective like me. But I wasn't going to let that stop me. I knew exactly where I could find them, too. They'd be at the Mounds Theater at 1029 Hudson Road in St. Paul. They'd be there Fridays and Saturdays, February 8th through the 23rd at 7.30 p.m. Tickets would be 10 bucks if I planned ahead and ordered them online, or 15 bucks at the door. She told me that I could always find more information at fearlesscomedyproductions.com. I took the job, but are you up for helping me with this case? I guess we'll find out at Fearless 5 Noir on February 8th through the 23rd at 7.30 p.m. at the Mounds Theater. Presented by Fearless Comedy Productions. Connections Radio Show is all about tapping into our hardwired hunger to connect. We examine meaningful connections to ourselves, our community, and the world around us by opening the door to innovative insights by a wide variety of interesting guests. We'll make the connections to something bigger than ourselves. Join me, Lori Fitz, your host of Connections Radio Show, and together we'll make the connections. Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. on AM 950, the Progressive Voice of Minnesota. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show. I'm Lori Fitz, and we have Peter Ratcliffe, who is our co-host today, because it's the first Saturday of the month, and when it's the first Saturday, we celebrate and highlight the Eastside Freedom Library. Welcome, Peter. Thank you, Lori. We're looking forward to a great month of activist scholarship and cultural work at the Eastside Freedom Library. It, it, you celebrate every month with good art and good discussion and good community, and uh, it's fun to be able to to listen in to what things that you're planning to for. And you always bring great guests. Share with us who the guests are that you, in case you've just joined us, uh, Peter will share who he's brought this week. Right, so earlier we heard from our partner Paul Finkelstein from the St. Paul Chamber Orchestra about their tapestry project. Concerts that will be happening the weekends of February 15th and February 22nd, and programs we'll be doing at the Eastside Freedom Library on February 17th and February 19th. And then we've been hearing from Karen Tanaka-Lucas from the Twin Cities Japanese American Citizens League about their role in the program on February 19th, Remembering Home, and then the program that we're collaborating with them on on the Day of Remembrance on, on February 23rd, a Saturday night. And I just want to say as we turn back to Karen, um, that one of the things that I've learned through the activist scholarship of the field, Oral History, is that memory is not like a file cabinet. <laughs> you don't just open a drawer and there is all of the information. And I think that the construction of memory in the present is a hard, difficult, and necessary job. And I think that this tapestry project at the St. Paul Chamber Orchestra and the annual uh, celebration of the Day of Remembrance by the Twin Cities Japanese American Citizens League are both doing the hard work of helping us to remember so that we don't repeat the mistakes that we've made in the past. So I'd like to turn back to Karen and get a little bit more about Dave Tatsumo and his amazing movie Topaz, one of only two home movies uh, in the Library of Congress uh, collection. So you want to tell us a little more, Karen, about what we're going to do on the 23rd? Sure. The um, 23rd, in addition to the, um, the screening of the uh, movie, uh, will feature um, Sally Sudo, Hannah Semba, and Lucy Kirahara, who are former incarcerees from uh, uh, the um, incarceration camps during World War II, and they'll talk about their memories and even present some... Um, uh, artistic artifacts. Were they uh, located in the West Coast? Uh, most of the camps were actually inland, as far inland okay. as Arkansas. Really? Uh, but a lot of them were in like Arizona, Utah, uh, Colorado, Wyoming, but pretty much pretty bleak, uh, isolated areas of the country. And I don't think most Americans knew about them at the time. Um, 
the reason we selected uh, this video, unlike other videos uh, that we've presented with our Day of Remembrance programs in the past, which have been about social injustice, uh, the suffering and loss, the racism, the constitutional crisis, this uh, video is uh, different because it talks more about um, a man and a community surviving, trying to stay productive and creative and making a home for three and a half years uh, in a prison. Wow. Now, did folks, when they um, were sent to these prisons, did they end up going back to their original homes or did some of them stay near where they had been sent? Um, it was kind of frightening for people to um, go back to their original sure. homes. And... Um, like uh, one of my grandfathers, he had nothing. He had no job. He had no place to go. He had no money. He was like 64, 65 years old. Uh, and they relied a lot on extended family uh, to help. But most of them did go back uh, to the West Coast states. Uh, some did relocate. Uh, areas like Chicago, Minneapolis, St. Paul was a big one. Uh, Minnesota was very receptive. And people have had very kind uh, comments about the uh, residents of Minnesota. The, um, the school for military intelligence uh, language uh, was here in Minnesota because it was the only state willing to take Japanese Americans for training for the war. Uh, so you will see now a community, not a large community, but a community of Japanese Americans, many of whom are descendants of those uh, military intelligence uh, linguists who were impressed with the warmth of our state. It will be a wonderful night. It certainly will. I hope everybody listening will come and join us. Yeah. I will be there. Great. I, I am looking Great. forward. Uh, this will be a, a very... I, again, the Eastside Freedom Library, whether it's a play reading or a film or music or a panel discussion, uh, there's always something powerful. So thank you. Thank you both for joining us today to share with us about the events coming up. I do want to let our listeners know that uh, we do have some free tickets to the Park Square, uh, which also is in partnership yep, with the Eastside yep. Freedom Library, so another partner of theirs. Wanted to let you know, it's going to be uh, featured on Facebook for the Connections Radio Show. It's Antigone. Uh, the, the tickets are for two tickets for Friday, February 15th, starting at 7.30. Just go to the Facebook page, give us a like, and send me a message, uh, and you may win two tickets to Antigone. So I just want to get that in before the end of the hour. Uh, share with us just a few more things that are happening at uh, the Eastside Freedom Library in February. Well, we, we have some really great labor events coming up, and I just want to mention those quickly. Monday night, the 18th of February, we will have a panel discussion on the labor movement and the fight for $15 an hour. And we'll have speakers on the panel who are both from within the labor movement and from within the movement for $15. Um, on the Wednesday night of that week, the 20th, uh, we will be screening the movie just made for TPT2, Made in St. Paul. It's a movie about the history of the Ford plant and focuses on a lot of interviews uh, with workers and retired workers who had worked at Ford. Um, and then on Thursday night, the 21st, we're going to have the author Eric Loomis and his new book, Ten Strikes That Shaped American History. So a week of labor history activities mixed in with all of this. Somehow, it's all connected. It is, because we're on Connections Radio yes. Show. You can check out the website at theeastsidefreedomlibrary.org. Also, check out thespco.org slash tapestry. <laughs>